Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, June 15th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Coming up on the show today, we'll talk what's trending, including major cruise news and some destination updates as well. We've got an exciting guest coming up, too. But first, I want to talk about the Travi Awards are coming up. TraviAwards.com. Voting process will be opening soon, so be sure to head over to TraviAwards.com to vote on the best of the best in the travel industry. If you're listening to this podcast later in the week, I would love for you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, and you'll get notified when the episode drops on Tuesday. And now joining me on the show today is expert cruiser Stuart Sheeran. Welcome to the show, Stuart. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. And well, you know, it's been uh, 32 years, 200 and now 77 cruises. You know, started on the, the sales side of, of the business um, with the industry's first cruise-only travel agency, the Cruise Line Inc. And 32 and a half years later, here uh, here I am uh, talking to you and helping people better understand the cruise industry and, you know, cut through the uh, a lot of the nonsense that, that or and misunderstandings that are out there so more people can have the accurate information about what cruising is all about and how to be able to do it safely. Love it. Yes. Sue and uh, I are yes. going to discuss uh, the current state of the cruise industry and his most recent cruise adventure. But first, um, as we do every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's trending in the world of travel. And we begin with uh, cruise news again. So we'll, we'll touch lightly on some stuff here uh, because the most trending news in the cruise industry in the last week was that two passengers tested positive for COVID-19 on a fully vaccinated cruise on board the Celebrity Millennium in St. Martin. After this happened, uh, their parent company, Royal Caribbean, said they won't be changing any sailing plans or letting their protocols handle it, and rightfully so. Stuart, you were actually on board the ship with the positive cases. So what was your experience like when you found out and um, and throughout the whole cruise? Did, did you feel safe being back uh, on a boat under this new normal? Well, well, I would call it the, you know, the current temporary We're we're still not back to, we're still not back to normal, but we are certainly proceeding uh, back to it. Um, we were actually in the process of preparing. We were then in the 48 hours of returning to St. Martin and as required by St. Martin and the United States um, when traveling internationally, uh, we have to provide negative COVID tests. So um, Celebrity uh, had a nice uh, app link on their uh, little app that we connected to on the phone, registered for an appointment over the next couple of days. And uh, my son and I went and we got our COVID tests. And just as we got our negative, uh, we found out uh, that two passengers had tested positive. So after all the effort that that was made uh, throughout the week, the first five days of the cruise, it was a bit disappointing. Uh, I mean, a lot of, you know, there was, it was a lot of fun. It was certainly a very nice experience because we had the comfort of knowing that everybody on board the ship was fully vaccinated, both the passengers and the crew. And uh, so it really, it's, it just delayed uh, a lot of the concerns. And we, fortunately, we see what happens on airplanes when you have uh, mixed groups. I mean, just, you know, we've had people have been, unfortunately, have been killed, um, you know, just telling someone else to put on a mask. And, uh, you know, some people just, you know, blow their, you know, their lose their cool and, you know, things happen. And, um, but the, the mood on the ship was very good. And it was, it was absolutely because everyone had the comfort of knowing that everybody was fully vaccinated. I just can't imagine sitting at a table, uh, let's say table of six or eight. And you find out that three or four people at the table that you're sitting two feet away from, uh, weren't vaccinated. Um, who knows, you know, what, what they've done, where they're from, then, you know, their, their regimen is, but it, it just doesn't bode well. And then you, you know, to, to mix, 
right now the vaxxers and the non-vaxxers but all i could tell you is the mood after we uh, were informed of the covid tests the um, passengers okay well you know they they found them they were isolated quarantined put into uh, special quarantine cabins they did contact tracing um, so they were very transparent about what they were doing and um, dinners shows entertainment the casino um, the bars the lounges i mean everything on board the ship just run as normal and the next day um, the the testing continued even faster and uh, you know they, they were within uh, I think 620 of the 648 passengers the captain made another announcement still only the two asymptomatic passengers and uh, and they announced that the uh, seven contact tracers also tested negative so they were released from confinement in their cabins that morning and it was actually you know a beautiful day at sea and you know, return to St. Martin the next day. And, but, but nobody let, no, the point is nobody let the mood change on, on the sailing. People were continue to show confidence. No one went back to their cabins and got any of the masks that were provided by celebrity. And, um, you know, it was, it was still a very festive mood. Good, good. That's good to hear. You know, people feel are feeling safe, um, on board the, uh, as cruising returns here. So Stuart and I are going to talk a bit more about cruising later in, in the show, but continuing, Uh, With the top trending news from the last week, we move along as the CDC updated its travel recommendations again. This time, the CDC amended its face mask uh, requirements for vaccinated travelers on public transportation. So if it's outdoors, you don't need to wear a mask, according to the CDC. You know, it does make me wonder if the indoor and on-plane mask mandate uh, will stay in place to September. You know, I think they should end it sooner and make it optional for those who want to continue to wear one. Uh, What do you think, Stuart? That's, it's a good question. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, the the thing is like, for example, on the ship, you know, I I did want to point out, um, that it was a very good thing that everybody was tested because otherwise these two asymptomatic passengers, um, you know, would have gone off. They would have gotten off the ship. They could have infected people in St. Martin at the airport, on the airplane, transferring flights, wherever they're going. Um, this, this system worked and a, and celebrity actually, um, prevented an outbreak from occurring. They were able to identify and contain it, and it showed that this system worked. Um, as far as on the airplane, I mean, you know, airplanes, hotels, <laughs> theme parks, as an example, you know, large crowded areas, you don't know what you're coming, you know, in, in contact with. And, and I will point out that, I mean, you know, there were eight New York Yankees uh, a couple months ago that, uh, you know, being fully vaccinated with the J&J, uh, vaccine that um, you know became asymptomatic, no symptoms. Thankfully, look, it, it look. T- let's let's take uh, you know serious illness and and death and hospitalization off the table. Um, as far as on the airplanes, you know it's 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 going to be interesting. I mean, I just took my first uh, two flights in 16 months. Um, I wore the masks. Uh, it certainly made me feel a little better. But uh, you know, I'm 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 vaccinated. But you know, I don't know what you know, what it's like with the people sitting next to me in front or behind me or, you know, getting on the airplane. So I think maybe in the short term, I probably wear the mask if it was removed, but uh, you know, over time, I mean, we'll all come out of our shelves, you know, once you know, reach those different levels of, of comfort. Right. Yeah. And I think with the plane stuff too, we've had, you know, Biden has come out and they've said that their administration has said that they want everything to be back to normal by July 4th. And then you've got still this mask mandate 
on the table till September. So I think that's where a lot of you know frustration from some people out there is. Um, continuing on with the, the CDC, they did ease travel recommendations for a number of different destinations over like 100 now, which is great, you know, for the reopening of travel and we can get tourism and the travel industry on the rebound. Some of those top um, destinations include the Bahamas, Canada, France, Greece, Mexico, just to name a few there. We've got a full list of the most popular destinations up on travelpulse.com. You can check that out. So Stuart, do you think this news will benefit these destinations over others? Or do you think most travelers aren't really in tune with CDC recommendations right now? Well, let's, let's face it. I mean, you know, with the, you know, the flip-flopping, the inconsistencies, the contradictory messages, I mean, is really anyone paying attention much to what the CDC uh, is saying at this point? Um, you know, there's, there's a certain level, you know, there was already people that were making plans. Look, they, they put it at a, a, a level four. I mean, they, they are cruising at a, at a, at a level four. Uh, the science and the technology absolutely didn't support it. The infection rates that we were seeing in a lot of these countries never supported them going, for, you know, up to a level four. So, you know, if it makes the CDC feel better, hey, you know, that that's great. You know, we had a uh, change in, you know, leaderships and, you know, we saw what happened when, you know, there was, you know, the director was uh, in front of a Senate subcommittee. And she was completely uh, unaware that the CDC, um, you know, had uh, any impact on cruising being delayed from, you know, being forward, or she had no idea about uh, the CDC's sole discretion um, in dealing with the, the cruise industry. So I, I don't really think they, they I don't think they've really had a, a firm grasp on this from the very beginning. Um, so it's, it's great. It's just like everything else in, in life. You can take this as guidance. And then now based on tremendous experience that we've all, you know, gone through that it's important for us to be able to weigh the information and make the decisions that are best for us. Uh, you know, we were, you know, for example, I mean, you know, going to St. Martin to catch that cruise, regardless of what the CDC uh, thought, um, you know, thankfully, you know, you had cruise companies like Royal Caribbean Group who said, you know, we're, we just can't wait indefinitely and we're going to offer cruising for North Americans. And, and it was great that they offered uh, the sailings on Millennium out of uh, St. Martin and uh, Adventure of the Seas um, out of Nassau. And then you have, you know, um, um, Seaborne out of Barbados. And now, you know, we've got sailings that are being planned out of Alaska. And of course, you know, we've got a lot of sailings out of Athens and Limassol, Cyprus. So, you know, people were already making plans and going. Uh, those countries were opened up to us and uh, there, there was no you know, reason for us not to go based on anything that the CDC said. I mean, the, the numbers, you know, ha have dropped. You know, we know it's, it's certainly important to, you know, wash our hands with soap and water, use uh, hand sanitizer, um, you know, with, you know, 60, 70 percent or more alcohol in it and, um, you know, just reduce the, you know, the people to people in, in um, interactions and, um, you know, wear a mask when you can't socially distance, um, you know, if, if you're in crowds of people that, um, you know, may not be uh, fully vaccinated, but, you know, we now have a lot of experience and we just need to, you know, base judgments and mitigate risks on our own to make, you know, just to decide what's best for us and our families. The CDC has been kind of polarizing over the last year. A lot of people, you know, that have had on the show and a lot of advisors um, and travelers that I hear from, too, are, are uh, kind of um, mixed feelings about the, the organization there. So um, it was interesting to get your thoughts there. I, I agree with you on that stuff. Um, in other 
destination news. The U.S. and Canada work to lift the border restrictions for non-essential travel, but as of recording time right now on Tuesday afternoon, no official date has been set for a reopening to Canada. Hopefully, we get that soon. I know that would be huge for North America traveler and, and, and Canada as well. You know, certain restrictions will be in place when that happens, as we've seen with other destinations that have reopened. Uh, but I think it's it's time to to get that going, um, in my opinion. So Disney World also has dropped its indoor face mask requirements and other destination news, as did Disneyland. Uh, that kicked off today, June 15th. So we're going to see a lot more people hitting up those theme parks. Um, park capacity is sure to increase over the summer. Uh, another place that you'll find, you're going to see a lot of long lines, and, and you're going to see a lot of long lines, too, at National Parks this summer. Um, National Park Service is reporting a record number of visitors, and a lot of long lines are closing their gates pretty early. So if you are planning to go to a National Park uh, this summer, make sure you get there really early. So, Stuart, any travel recommendations on places to avoid the crowds this summer? Um, national parks used to be sort of a, a go-to escape for a lot of people, but that isn't quite the case uh, right now as it is becoming, um, I don't want to say overcrowded, but just becoming more popular and bigger crowds than uh, has seen in uh, previous years. Well, I think this summer, you know, it, you know, people looking for some unique activities. I mean, Alaska is an excellent choice. Uh, it's obviously it's uh, our largest state. It's uh, probably the most um, underappreciated, uh, unvisited state that we have. Uh, most of their most of their tourism uh, emanates from cruises, and you know this summer with potentially um, significantly lower uh, numbers of sailings, you know there, there's a great opportunity for people to be able to you know utilize, let's say, uh, you know Holland America and Princess Cruises lodges. Uh, they have gray, it's uh, graylineofalaska.com, which you know Carnival Corporation owns. So they've got a lot of lodges um, and hotels up there. They've got escorted and non-escorted tours, and uh, you'll be able to take advantage of it without having to to take a cruise. And it's great for families. It's going to be as uncrowded as it's been in many years, and it's really going to offer some terrific uh, travel opportunities and a great way to you know spend some time in the in the outdoors and be able to experience a lot of the excursions that uh, cruise passengers get when they do the um, the interior of Alaska. And I, I'm talking about the inside passage cruises when you're going up along the western side of British Columbia, for example, and when you're visiting Juneau, Ketchikan, and Skagway. But I'm talking about going between Anchorage and um, Fairbanks, you know, visiting uh, Denali. and um, I mean, there's some beautiful uh, outback, uh, there's beautiful country up there. And uh, it's a great way for people to take advantage of it. Uh, but going to the national parks is going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, we've learned a lot through our, our travels and, and our experience over the past uh, 15 months. So um, utilize same practices and, uh, and, and, and go and, and enjoy. Just uh, obviously be safe and be aware of your surroundings. I mean, you know, as far as Disney World, I was there in August with my family. And I mean, it really was a great experience at both Disney and Universal. Um, I thought that their park employees were very well trained in how to handle. And at that time, you were supposed to wear masks. Um, this, uh, Universal was a little more persistent about hand off the rides, but you just go with the flow. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Domestic travel is uh, kind of booming. It's nearing a full recovery in uh, some aspects too. I think Alaska is one destination. A lot of people should check out more. I've actually uh, turned my parents into, uh, they, they are, are going to do a cruise on Alaskan cruise. That was one thing that they've kind of always wanted to do. And, and now, you know, after this last year and everything that's happened, they finally were like, we got to do this. So I'm excited for, for them to experience that on an Alaska cruise. Um, I was going to mention, as far as Alaska, if this season actually does pan out and occurs, 
because there's still some, if you know, there's some possibility it, it may not. But if it does, this is a very unique season uh, to do those inside passage cruises uh, departing out of Seattle up to Alaska. One, they, they avoid Canada. So you're going to get more time in Alaskan ports. The season is running the latest it has since the early 1990s. So the latter sailings, uh, you know, when you're heading into September and October, there is a chance, especially in October, to be able to see the Northern Lights, uh, which is very, you know, if you don't see that during the normal Alaska season, which, you know, let's say is normally between May and the first week of September. So getting into October, you've got a couple of uh, sailings with certain lines that may, you know, head into the beginning of November. So you're definitely going to be able to see the Borea, uh, Borealis. And uh, it's it's really going to be a very uh, special time up there. Um, some of the tours they have, uh, you know, tend to sh shut down in, in August. So there's going to be some new, unique opportunities uh, for the visitors uh, up there uh, th this year. Uh, hopefully, you know, that Alaska will uh, will take place on, I think it's about eight, eight ships at this point. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, the um, Northern Lights would be a lot of fun to see. For I know it's on a lot of people's bucket list, you know, to go over to Europe and check that out. But a lot of people may not realize that you can check that out in Alaska. So um, good tip there. Over in airline news, though, we did finally reach the 2 million passenger mark of um, passenger screening by the TSA, which was a prediction I had that I thought would be Memorial Day weekend, but it, it just missed it um, by a little bit. And But we're, we've, we've surpassed that. So that's another clear sign that, you know, air travel is bouncing back travel in general is bouncing back a lot of domestic travel as well but you know with that has unfortunately come a lot of naughty passengers and we've had quite a few in the last week even one was a um an actual airline employee an off-duty flight attendant uh caused a scene on a plane and uh, we also had another incident where a woman hit a man with her cell phone and then the cell phone exploded on the plane um, american airlines flight attendants had enough uh with these one specific passengers on on a different plane ended up scolding them in a, in a video. So a lot of different um, unfortunate events happening on planes, you know, these disruptive passengers. The, the stories continue to occur. The FAA is finding people too, but it seems like every other week there's some crazy news that's happening on the airport and the plane. So, Stuart, uh, what do you think the airline should do to remedy this? Not a lot you can do. I mean, you, you've got people in two distinctly different camps. You, you know, you, we've always had people that are, you know, misbehaving. It's just, you know, is it more we're just focusing more recognizing it more at this point uh, we're more sensitive to it um you know people have less patience right now but i mean this has been going on you know through the throughout the pandemic uh it's just obviously it's increasing now because we're one paying attention and more of us are actually traveling i think before we kind of ignored it because fewer of us were traveling um but uh it was uh you know shocking to see i mean the admiral's club in miami the airport was as full as normal as it usually is um, and you know it's 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 good and it's bad. Uh, you know, the, the, you know it's it's funny they talk about social distancing, but as you make it through, I, it, it, it's reminiscent of a funnel. Um, you know where you know people are somewhat social distancing. Then you get into the TSA line, and you know it's all out the window. And then by the time you get on the plane, you know it's people on top of people. <laughs> right. So you can throw the rule book uh, away. But uh, the best thing to do get there a little earlier and 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 just pack uh, some extra patience and just be. Just be understanding and uh, know we're hey we're all in the same uh, you know the same boat together and we're all just trying to get to our our destinations uh, as as safe as we can and just you know just just enjoy 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 being able to go to these places and have something to do on the other end because before a lot of people were traveling and they got to the other end 
and that other end didn't have a whole lot to do. They were quarantined. You got stuck in a hotel. Um, nothing was open. So it's great that it is, and it really is making travel much more enjoyable because, you know, it may be, you know, things may have been uh, uh, open at home, but when we got to our destination, it just wasn't very nice. So now we're able to travel, um, enjoy, uh, you know, family and friends now that, you know, more people are being vaccinated. And, um, but international travel, you know, Eric, it's, it's, it's very important to obviously check with the airlines, um, you know, look to see, you know, what the requirements are for the destinations we're traveling to and, and make sure, you know, we, we plan to, you know, get those uh, COVID tests if required and, and just go and, and have a good time. But I think patience is a lot of what we, we need when traveling. Definitely. So patience and just be kind to others, you know, and I think we'll you'll be able to, uh, get through and have a more enjoyable travel experience if uh, we all just look out for one another in that regard. So that pretty much wraps up what is trending in travel from the last week. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email at podcast at travelpulse.com. So now I want to ask Stuart here some, a few more questions about the cruise side of things. You know, a lot of people want to know if it'll be safe to cruise again this year or when, if they should wait it out a bit. And as you mentioned on the show earlier, you know, you were on that, that cruise that had positive cases on there and you felt safe throughout. The mood didn't change after people found out that there were positive cases on board. So I want to um, ask you, you know, what new safety features are part of this new normal of cruising now, the new cruise experience here? What new safety features did you notice on board for the first time? You know, this, be, this being your first cruise since the pandemic, uh, anything that you didn't see that you'd like to see done uh, for in the future? Well, the, the, the check-in process was a little, you know, more detailed. We had to provide our proof of vaccination. We had to provide St. Martin. They, they had a pre-authorization that we had to receive by uploading our, our vaccination cards and our negative COVID tests. Um, but uh, it, it, it was very, it was a very pleasant experience. And let me tell you, when he got through the gate and celebrity handed us that ice cold towel, you knew the nightmare was over. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, all I can tell you is as excited as I was to see the crew, they were 10 times more excited to see us and the passengers. And, and as we were in Barbados, Aruba, Curacao, the ships that were docked there, when they found out that we actually had paying passengers on board, I mean, you could see, you know, from the bridge and the cr the crews waving at us. They they were they were ecstatic. Um, I wouldn't. I am not going to hesitate go, to go on my next cruise. In fact, I'm going on. I'm going on Celebrity Edge uh, out of Fort Lauderdale, which would be the first cruise ship to depart a U.S. port since uh, the beginning of the pandemic, since you know March of 2020. Um, I'm heading to Europe this summer. I'm heading to the Caribbean. I'm probably going to go to Alaska. Uh, I want to get as much cruising in as I can. I take. I took my son uh, on the Millennium. It was a great experience. Um, we had a very nice time, and and I strongly recommend people, you know, to to take it. It's a great way. It's a it's it's a, it's safer than being at home. I felt more comfortable, and uh, the people on board, but the crew, were just so absolutely wonderful on board um, Celebrity Millennium, and I was just really uh, amazed because I thought that there would be cert, uh, certain service deficiencies. You know, the food, the room service wouldn't be as fast. The dining service wouldn't be uh, on top of uh, the game. You know, the shows wouldn't be as good. You know, I mean, there'd be some kind of deficiencies as, as far as being on the first cruise. But all I could tell you was there, there was absolutely not, not one issue that I could pinpoint to complain about because they were on fire. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing to say. They were on the ball <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, in, in every manner. Um, the, the cabin steward was probably the best one we may have ever had. 
um, on my 277 cruises. Um, I mean, the, the gentleman could not have done more. He saw me coming down the hall. He ran down the hall to make sure that he opened up the door for me, and he greeted me with a smile. Um, they were so desiring to please everywhere we went. At the bar, I mean, if they had to, they they, they ran across the deck in order to do something to please you. Um, it is beyond safe at this point. And, and I can tell you that the, like at the buffet, what, what Celebrity did, Eric, they, they, they went out of their way to ensure that we didn't notice what was going on behind the scenes. So the only thing that really at the buffet was at the buffet where at the different stations, we weren't allowed to touch any of the food. There were glove crew members there. They were willing and, and able to help us. We couldn't even grab the, um, the napkin with the uh, utensils in it. They had to hand it to us. And it really made a difference because it was like an additional level of service. But it's what was going on behind the scenes that we could tell um, we're, we're making a, a difference. And um, it really was nice being on a ship. I mean, Millennium you know, holds 2,110 passengers, and there were only 648 on the sailing. So uh, it was like we had our own ship. So these are really unique times, unique experiences. And, and I'd strongly recommend you know taking families, uh, friends and family, and going and enjoying each other's company and, and being able to do it on the ship to destinations around the world. Yeah, and it feels like you had the whole ship to yourself, you said there, and I think that is one thing a lot of people need to think about, too, if you're thinking about doing a cruise coming up soon, is that they're going to be at reduced capacity So, uh, in the early going here. So if you do want that extra space, um, because in the past, you know, before the pandemic, you could say that, you know, you'd want to go get a pool, uh, go sit by the pool and get a lounge chair, but, you know, it might be taken already. So at least in this early going here, you, you shouldn't have any of those worries there. And, and the service, no too. Yeah, and, and the, the, the service that you mentioned, too, I think is fantastic because these employees have been waiting for so long to finally get going again, and they want to make sure that, you know, the customer is has the best time of their life on the, on this cruise because they, they, they need that customer to go out and spread the word, too, about how great it is to cruise and how safe it is to cruise as well. So when, I would tell you that, Eric, yeah. that they all, the crew, all of them, were wearing masks throughout the sailing, even though they were fully vaccinated. Um, so that was that was another one of the... Um, things that, that, that we noticed that, uh, that they were doing to you know, protect everybody. The crew were the crew and the, and the, uh, the senior staff were all always wearing masks. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you have people saying, why, why are you wearing your masks? And, you know, there may be some things that they're doing to make everybody feel good, but, uh, you know, I mean, the, the temperature checks, I mean, that really was not a big thing, but I can certainly tell you that I think secondary medical screenings are going to become much more, um, uh, serious. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be watching what people, you know, how people are, are acting uh, a little bit more. And in this way, they can you know, hopefully prevent uh, issues from occurring. That's great. Yeah. Speaking of someone who uh, got sick after a cruise once before, as an old lady coughed on me inside the elevator, uh, I am all for that <laughs> and the extra <laughs> screenings there. So I, I still will cruise again. I have cruised again since that cruise and I still will continue to cruise. I didn't let that experience really damper things. Um, I, I put that a little bit on that old lady and also on me to fund me. I don't know. Maybe I should have you know, immediately taken a shower or something. I don't know. I guess I thought I was, you know, pre pandemic times, you might think you're a bit invincible, but, uh, you know, after everything that's gone on now, you're going to be a lot of people, more people are going to be more um, aware of, of situations like that. And, and it's good that the cruise industry, too, is going to be taking things seriously and, and additional screenings on that because you don't want a sick person on board. And the cruise industry can't afford to have, you know, any any type of sickness or illness outbreak on it, whether obviously COVID or, or anything like norovirus or, or as well. So um, that's good that they're, they're doing that. So. 
Uh, elsewhere, you know, in the cruise industry, there has been a huge debate around the vaccine requirements and how that's all going to shake down and what, what Florida and Texas have done with their laws, you know, trying to prevent the need to show a proof for the vaccine. So I'm curious, what has your thoughts been on how that's um, played out over the last few months and how do you think um, it will go forward as um, cruise lines try to launch out of U.S. ports in Texas and Florida? Well, it's actually Florida, Texas, and Alabama um, have, have signed uh, the, those laws. And, you know, th- this is a media-driven um, hype and hysteria type of a moment. Uh, the cruise lines uh, aren't worried about it. Um, it'll, it'll work itself out. It will be worked out. And right now, Florida, Alaska, and Texas are suing the CDC. That case has got to come to uh, finalization, hopefully soon. And uh, I, I'm certain that uh, all of these uh, issues will work themselves out. And it really is a, it's just a distraction. It's just something else for the media to, you know, to create havoc over. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just best to stay out of the politics. The cruise lines know what they're doing. Uh, they're going to do everything they can, utilizing all the available science technology to ensure that the passengers on board these ships are as safe as possible, including the destinations they're visiting. And that, that's really what we need to focus on. If, you know, right now, you know, let's say some non-vaccinated passengers may be upset. The cruise lines understand that. They're not looking to, um, you know, ostracize anybody. But right now, based on the science, they, they just don't want, they don't want one ill passenger on board the ship. And if it can be prevented, um, great. And, you know, hopefully this is, this is hopefully it's just very temporary and, and that we can all be able to, to cruise again. Um, you know, once, you know, once the numbers, uh, again, further reduce. But if this is what it takes for them to be able to have to restart, we just have to be understanding and say, we, we want to do it or or we're going to wait. And that, that's totally the beauty of, you know, one of the many advantages of living in America is we have the freedom of choice. We can do things and we can choose not to do things. We like what's on the TV. We don't like what's on the TV. Change the channel if you don't. Um you know, here in cruising, we've just, in this industry, they've got to get these ships back. Um, they've got to get their employees back. I mean, they've got to, I mean, it's cruising is a tremendous part of the overall U.S. economy uh, right now. In Florida, I mean, it's it's 9 to 10, you know, $11 billion. Um, you know, there's people that are directly employed. There's people that are indirectly employed. You know, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, various aspects, but a lot of people don't talk about the travel agents. Travel, you know, for a lot of travel agents, I mean, cruising is a tremendous part of, of their livelihoods. And without without the cruise, you know, there's airlines, there's hotels, there's car rentals, um, there's restaurants, there's tour operators. Then you have the people provisioning the ships. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of of people that are that are involved in in the cruise industry, and we've got to get them working. So if Celebrity started with 648, Royal Caribbean was just a little over a thousand. Um, you know, on Adventure of the Seas, they've got to start somewhere. And and this was as good a point in which to start as we've ever seen. And hopefully we'll see some of these ships that are sailing outside the U.S. moved back to U.S. ports. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get these ships sailing sooner rather than later. And uh, it's it's really, uh, you know, for a lot of people who have not seen these, uh, you know, cruise lines, um, you know, at a, at a full stop or when they were a lot smart, smaller, Back in the '80s and '90s, I mean, this is this is a historic time in, in 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 the industry's history to to get so many ships and so many people getting all these crews back to the ships, retrained, recruited. I mean, you've got a lot of people that were you know that have moved on, and then now they have to bring in you know brand new people to to work on these ships. It's it's a really it's a I call it a Herculean effort, 
to to get this going. And you know, once they get the first few, um, you know, it'll it'll be a whole lot easier. But you know, the media doesn't really. It's like the the Las Vegas resort that had seven hundred people back in September that had COVID, or you know, the planes that, that you know have had uh, passengers on board with with COVID in in, in different hotels you know, around, uh, around the world, but, you know, it's, we, we, the industry, this industry has just got to start moving forward. And this is, this is our moment. Yeah. I think with, you know, the, the past of the princess situation last year, a lot of people like to latch on and, and place blame on the cruise industry. And I, and I've said it on this podcast before, and as of a number of guests, I think there's been a lot of unfair treatment to the cruise industry there. Uh, so I do hope that the sailings can get going. You know, we've got dates coming up, which is really exciting stuff to finally be talking about. So, you know, it, it is going to take some time, but how long do you think it will take the cruise industry to uh, fully rebound? Well, I, I think by the first quarter, uh, we'll we you know, first or second quarter of 2022, um, I think you're going to see 100% of the ships back in action. Um, it, it's going to probably take, you know, several more months, you know, into the maybe the third quarter before we see a humongous rebound. But um, it's 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 there. The writing's on the wall. There's a tremendous amount of pent up demand. It was just the passengers were waiting. Just tell us when, you know, when we can go. Give us specific, real, definitive uh, ships and sailing dates. Um, as I said, the cruise lines don't want to take, you know, any chances right now. So the, the occupancies of the ships are going to be a bit reduced as they continue to recrew uh, and add, you know, uh, uh, ships and sailings. But, um, you know, as, as we've seen, I mean, there could be 700 people at a hotel. No one says anything. But one person on one ship and it becomes an international incident. And that's what the industry is looking to prevent. And as more people become more knowledgeable about it, you mentioned norovirus. I mean, these ships have been dealing with, you know, H1N1, SARS, Zika, Legionnaires, um, you know, all these different uh, diseases and, and viruses for, you know, for generations. And you look at the, the outbreak now, specifically very quickly about norovirus. I mean, you've got 21 million people According to the CDC, they get the norovirus in the United States in a year. We've got about 21 million people that, that you know cruise you know out of the United States in a year. Um, you've got uh, 685 million reported you know uh, cases according to the CDC of, of norovirus around the world. So if we've got you know maybe you know 800 to 1,000 on a, on a, on ships in, in a year, it's really a an insignificant number. It just shows you how the difference between what the lab world would like to tell you and what the real world um, will actually show you. And in talking with epidemiologists, for example, when you know they refer to their ships as, as petri dishes, anyone that's been on a cruise knows that it's not the case. I had more space on this ship than you could possibly imagine. And even when the ships are 60% fuller than what we experienced, uh, there was a ton of of, of space in which to enjoy, not to mention, you know, our own cabin. So, you know, th this is why I feel safer actually going on a cruise than most, you know, any other, you know, modes of, of transportation or vacation. Yeah, I think it's going to be the safest way to travel once we can get finally going, actually going on these ships, you know, more and more. So, it will take some time, but yeah, that I think 2022 summer as well is going to be a really big year for cruising. You're already seeing 2022 bookings looking pretty good for a lot of um, advisors that I've talked to in uh, 2023 as well. You know that they're already uh, pushing out sailing dates for that, which is exciting. And you've even had some, we've even had some cruise lines uh, have record sales, you know, sell out in a day, shocking. which I mean, is great. They're way ahead of where they were same time in 2019 and there were no hiccups in 2019. 
Um, you know, looking into as it, we were looking into 2020, it's it's unbelievable. There's a tremendous amount of confidence, and people are showing that confidence with their bookings, and and the ships are are, are reacting, and uh, it's it's going to be it's just going to be a great experience, a great time. Yeah, as an expert cruiser, what would you uh, your advice be to travel advisor listeners out there on reeling in some new cruise clients? You know, how can they entice people to want to cruise again despite everything in the past year and you know the negative perception that some of the uh, that some people have towards the cruise industry? Well, I would tell you that when when asked about what do the cruise lines have to do to regain consumer confidence, and the answer is nothing. Consumers have a tremendous amount of confidence. I mean, there's a reason why you know cruising has the highest satisfaction rate of any you know, travel um, vacation option that that's out there. It is the safest uh, vacation option uh, out there. And it's just reminding people of these facts. You know, that that's the best thing to do is you hit people with the facts and it really just kind of makes them feel a whole lot better and reminds them why they were doing it. Um, experienced cruisers already know this. And when you look at when the cruise lines are saying, uh, you know, that only 50% of the people that on canceled sailings are asking for their money back. I would tell you that, I mean, th- that's a staggering number, uh, considering, you know, how long cruising has been, um, you know, uh, dormant at this point. Um, and the fact that it's still at a 50 50 uh, ratio is, is amazing. And then you'll, you know, I, I tell you that 80% of the people that took their money back um, would immediately rebook uh, once they knew when the ship and sailings were, were going to occur again. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing more ships being added. I mean, you know, I, I didn't think the West Coast would occur until November, uh, but we're now seeing NCL is going to, uh, Carnival is going to be out there in October with, uh, you know, with uh, resuming uh, operations with Carnival Panorama, which which is terrific. So we're, we're you know, the, it, things could happen a lot faster once they get going. And there, I mean, keep in mind, there's already people booked on these sailings. So all they really have to do is is kind of top things off. It's not uh, like Alaska where they added September, October, and maybe a little bit of November uh, sailing. So there's some opportunity. There are a lot of opportunities to get people to to go on these types of sailings, and by showing and highlighting some of the idiosyncrasies and the the benefits of sailing on on these newly added sailings, I think more people are gonna are, are gonna jump on it. They're, they're tired of being at home. You know, there's a large large number of people that are you know you, we see uh, people looking to take uh, RVs. But, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah. And then you think about, well, I can visit multiple you know, destinations. I can, I, I can now sail out of a U.S. port again. I can visit all kinds of different countries. And I don't have to pack and unpack, checking out hotels, waiting in airports. And, you know, wh- why do I want to do these trips? You mentioned to the national parks. It's great. They're beautiful. Um, but there's something really to be said by, you know, jumping in and going to the Caribbean and, and having – uh, a nice time. And, you know, I, I could tell you that I got off the ship just once. Um, we got off the ship in Aruba and just kind of walked around. People did, were doing tours. They were going snorkeling. Uh, Barbados, um, the ship uh, required the passengers to take the bubble tours. So that was the only way people could get off. And you know what? It was just great to be on the ship. You know, sleep late, go to the gym, right, yeah, have some lunch. Destinations unto the- themselves, you know. Yeah. yeah, and it was just so nice just to be away. It was nice to open up the balcony and listen to the ocean and uh, and, and the beautiful scenery that uh, that was around us. And just it was just I, I was very grateful for the opportunity to, to be out on the ocean again. And it was it was it was terrific. And to be able to visit so many of these destinations, I can't wait to get back to St. Martin. 
um, in, in Barbados this summer. Um, I mean, they're really they're very anxious. Um, the destinations are very anxious for the ships for return. They're very dependent on the on the money, but they're just happy to see other people. So it's 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 a really it's a very unique opportunity and in, in time to be able to travel after you know such extraordinary circumstances and, and be able to visit people who are actually excited to see you more than you know maybe they were uh, two years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. So. That uh, pretty much wraps up our time here. Stuart, I really appreciate you having, having you on. Uh, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, where they can follow you on social media, check out your stuff. Well, there's cruiseguide.com and you know Twitter is uh, at cruiseguide. So just cruiseguide, cruiseguide, cruiseguide. Right on. Thank you so much, Stuart. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks again to Stuart for joining the show today. I had a great time talking all things cruising and a lot of great insight from him. Be sure to follow him at cruiseguy on social media. That wraps up this week's show. If you've enjoyed it, you have any feedback, you know the email, drop me a line. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again, everyone, and have a great week.